Hello, this is a prepaid collect call from an inmate at the county jail. This call is subject to recording and monitoring. To accept charges, press 1. To refuse charges, press 2. Well, hello there, Mr. Brian. I don't think I've uh, heard from you. Ah, uh, yes. Good old Chad Crow. Yeah, his uh, his dad is in the hospital. Well, yeah, well, you know, I guess with the mainstream media out there, everybody calls it police violence, and and you know, we really don't know the the uh, story behind the arrest or attempted arrest of this man. I, I would really wish that they would do a little bit more on it because I like to hear the back story on all these things. But, you know, because Chad's dad is white, you're not really going to hear about it. Uh, well, that that's the, the issue. America's turning toward this racist concept and, and everything's black and white. And personally, I would just like to show that a, a man was beaten by the police when they attempted to arrest them. We don't need to know the race of the police officers. We don't need to know the race of the person who was attacked. To me, that's irrelevant. Police brutality is wrong. And don't, don't get me wrong. Don't misquote me on this. But I have high regards for police officers. They're put under a lot of stress. And with the community turning against them, just making a simple arrest can be devastating for them and they go to uh, you know the um domestic violence and they go to uh maybe the uh, somebody is just held up in a store yeah and that's right that's right it's there there's a lot of pressure and you don't know what you're walking into and when I was in law enforcement, there were many instances where I ran into issues like that. But uh, I've been working with Chad, and we're hoping that he can get out and be with his dad because it's it's really he's in real critical condition, and and a video visit is just not going to work. And I know that's what, something they've offered, but you know when a man is in hospital and he's needs to be under the care of the medical staff it's tough really to uh communicate without being there in person and at least getting in there holding his hand saying something it's his dad may hear him and i i don't know uh the only one who really knows the full story is his dad the uh the police officers we don't really hear too much about what's going on. I know they were suspended and there's an investigation going on. And if anything serious happens, we'll probably hear something, but I don't think it's going to make the big news like other stories. And me personally, if somebody is coming to arrest me, I'm not going to run away and I'm not going to throw things or swing punches or try to grab tools and weapons from the police officers. I'll comply. 
And if anything happens to me, then yeah, go after the police officers because here it is. This this man was read his Miranda rights. You know, he was he was stopped in commission of a crime. You have sixty seconds remaining. And he fought back and and uh, got hurt. That's one thing, but not the fight back. Okay, good. And and I'm I'm glad you you called and um we're we're definitely doing the best we can and, and I'm glad we have your support. It's a good thing you're watching out for Chad. And uh if there's anything you need, just let me know and I can I'll work with you on that. Okay. Well take care of yourself. You have thirty seconds remaining. It was good to hear from you and um remember, don't fight back. It, it it's only temporary. Once you get out, you can be the rebel that you've always been. Just don't break the law. Good, good. Glad to hear it. Okay. Goodbye. Hello, welcome to AQS Inmate Call. I am your host, Joel Wilborn. And for anybody who's been watching the news or following headlines, you know that there's a lot of instances of police brutality, some of it from the past, some of it current. And all of them have one thing in common, and that's that uh, we need to make some changes. And in the United States, each state, each county, should make their own decisions on how they're going to handle um, law enforcement. And when a person is killed during an arrest, that's not acceptable. I, I'm against the death penalty. I don't really see a purpose for it. And I'm talking to a person now who's on death row. He's planning some stuff for the future, and that's. That's absolutely fantastic because there is a possibility he can get this, this sentence commuted. So I'm not going to fight his his hope. And if we didn't have the death sentence, I think we'd have a better chance of learning from the people that are locked up. Maybe people would think a little bit about locking a person up for life, the cost. The mental damage, the effect on loved ones, and we need to look into alternative sentencing. So, the death sentence I'm against, and murdering people out on the street I'm against. Nobody deserves to to be killed. We're all going to die, and I guess you could look at it as in the general scheme of it all, murder is a, just another. Cause of death. Of course, we all die from not breathing. We just stop breathing, so we're dead. But to hasten that by hitting a person with a car, or, or stabbing a person, or beating a person to death—that just doesn't make any any sense to me, and it's worthless. And when I see people out there advocating that we need to stop this police brutality. There's another side too. We need to stop killing people. 
I just cannot find a reason to take a person's life. I can't see it. And I talked to a lot of people who were convicted of murder, and there is remorseful. They they didn't want to have that bounce around in their mind for the rest of their life. And I don't really talk to the people that are happy they killed a person. You know, the person was having an affair with his girlfriend or was threatening them verbally. You know, nothing really physical. Self-defense—that's that's one thing. If a person comes to your home and tries to kill you, and you wind up killing that person. That I can understand, but to go to prison for defending yourself—that's the case with Marianne Atkins on the on my YouTube channel. She went to prison and was con- she was convicted because they made her out to be this terrible stalker who wanted to rob this person, and she had it all planned along. When she's just 16 years old, and we've got children younger than her shooting people, where are they getting this? Is this something that we expect them to know right from wrong, and we're teaching them wrong? I guess the only good thing to come out of this police brutality thing is that people suffer consequences when they kill somebody. And if we talk to people who've been to prison and said at the time I was angry, it seemed like the right thing to do. Now that I think back on it, and I want to get my life back in order, I feel bad. I, I apologize to the victim's family. You know, if we hear this kind of stuff, I think that would be a little more beneficial to them than killing them. Because some people, young or old, black or white or Hispanic, they don't care. They don't care if they kill somebody. They don't care if they die. And a lot of it comes from personal connections. If your daughter is severely beaten by a man, there's a possibility you'll go after this person and and. Inflict serious harm, possibly death, and not a lot of people would complain about that, unless of course you're a police officer. So we got to understand that there are other ways to heal this. Nobody should want to be famous for committing a, a serious crime. Violent offenders. Should not be glorified. We shouldn't make movies about them, write books about them, and try to get a lot of sales. And just you know, there's a little bit of embellishment done in there. When I talk to convicted people and get their side of the story, there's some things that's missing in the in the public、uh, accounts of it all. And the only way you're really going to get the full story is when the person. Finally, comes to terms with the crime, and is willing to talk. And I've seen instances where you can tell a person's mental wellness is just gone, and they're just babbling on about stuff, or they're high. 
bill for a man to kidnap a woman, force her to do stuff, and then wind up killing her and leaving her child, her infant child, out in the elements, and then driving off in her car. You think what was going through his mind? And a lot of it is because these people just get high on drugs, and we need to focus on why are these people getting high on drugs? What is it in their life that's so dependent on this drug that they have to take it? And that's one of the first things I deal with whenever I, I talk to an addict. I want to figure out why this drug is so important. Why is it more important than family members, friends,、uh, a stable job, and、uh, doing good for people, volunteering or giving, instead of just sitting back, wasting a life away? I work with one person, and her mother is just she pretty much expresses to her family. I just can't get away from it. I can't stay away from this drug. She tells me something different, but she'll tell her close friends and family. I'm just a slave to this drug, and I don't really go after arresting her. It's not that she's committing any serious crimes or even any minor crimes, except. You know, buying some of the drugs. It's just that、uh, she she has a deeper thing than just the money. Usually, the money that she makes selling it or trading it goes right back into it. And I'll tell these folks, you know, you know, you have a good business sense. You could really do good with this, and maybe that's enough of a high form, but. In some cases, I don't get a chance to see that, work with them to get it. They're just hooked on that, and then selling the drug to somebody who then goes out and uses the drug, commits a crime, winds up killing somebody or getting killed. It's a vicious cycle, and the reason I got into drug enforcement. Was to put a stop to that, and the, the more I work, the more I realize this is just not going to happen. It, it, it's like trying to to move a building without removing it from its foundation. You know, you're pushing and pushing and pulling and hooking things to it, and you just wind up destroying the building. This drug is a foundation, and it needs to be tackled. And so, in this case. Chad's father was pulled over for、uh, a traffic violation, and it just got out of hand. You have the people out there that say the government isn't going to tell me what to do, which is fine. I'm, you know, I'm not in for big government dictating lives. I think the people should do that. But when there's that. General consensus that big government should be more involved in stuff. Of course, people are going to start rebelling. You know, the man who happens to be governor officials and local 
state, federal law enforcement, they're the enemy. And by golly, they're not going to attack me, come after me. I'm going to fight them. So instead of constantly promoting and reporting on the bad that happens, why not talk about the times that the police officers will help somebody out of a bad situation? You know, if you're if you're driving down the road and your car breaks down, and you see an officer come by, an officer stops and calls for assistance. Why hate him? Why want to kill him? And we do see situations like that where officers go to help, to render aid, and get shot. And we need to understand that it works both ways. They're not always showing up. To attack people, and also if you just tell part of the story, you know the person showed up and, and attacked the man in his house, but they don't talk about this man was in there beating his daughter, or that this man was uh, resisting any assistance for his daughter, or that he has a history of violence and he keeps getting away with it. You know, there's 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 other things that show up. Yeah, the person could have been a Hispanic man, somebody who came over the border illegally or something, but that's insignificant. There's something that caused this person to, shall we say, snap. And that's what I'm looking for, because. There's always a backstory. There's always something, and when we're, we're we say, "What caused this person to commit a crime?" You know, we want to want to know the motive. That's fine. But what about what caused this person's death? What was going through the mind of the police officers? What happened prior to that? You know, did the officer go over there and try to peacefully resolve it, and the, the person somehow? Spit in his face, or kicked him, or threw acid on him. Or could it be that the person was attacking other people, or dangerously driving down the road? Not all these people that are arrested are innocent. And yeah, there's a few. They get killed. They had nothing whatsoever to do with the crime. Never committed a crime in their life, like especially children. If a child is playing in in her yard, front yard with her friends, or maybe with a puppy, and winds up getting shot because there's a a battle between police officers and uh, a suspect. You know that's unacceptable. Any murder, any killing of people is unacceptable. Let's just work together and concentrate on mental wellness. We can do this. And I want to thank you for tuning in. I hope you can have discussions about this with your family. It's not a school's responsibility to teach safety, to teach the proper way to handle volatile situations, or how to avoid 
crime, that's the family. That's the dad, the mom, possibly the brothers, cousins, uncles. Bring the family unit back together. And if you can sit down with your family, you'd be surprised at the good you can do. And again, listen to this, the story I have on Marianne Atkins. She's got a couple of interviews on my YouTube channel. I highly encourage you to tune into that. That Hopefully that will uh, inspire you. Well, go out, have yourself a wonderful day, and make beautiful memories for tomorrow. <laughs>